is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. At least 80 people were killed and more than 800 injured after trains collided in Odisha, a state in eastern India. Details remained hazy in the immediate aftermath of the crash, but local reports said one passenger train had derailed and been struck by another passenger train. More than 200 ambulances were apparently sent to the scene. India's Prime Minister, Narendra Modi, tweeted that rescue operations were underway. America added 339,000 non-farm jobs in May, almost twice as many as economists had predicted. The unexpectedly strong figures reflect the country's remarkably resilient labour market, which has expanded for 29 months straight. However, the unemployment rate rose by more than expected, from a 53-year low of 3.4% in April to 3.7% in May. Wage growth, a key driver of inflation, slowed to 0.3% month-on-month, but remained high at an annual rate of 4.3%. Poland's president, Andrzej Duda, backtracked on a contentious law that he approved just four days ago. The legislation created a committee to hunt Russian agents. Critics, including the European Union and America, argued that it could be misused to harass the opposition. Mr Duda, allied to the ruling party, said he would propose amendments to curtail the panel's powers to bar citizens from politics. NATO announced that Jens Stoltenberg, its secretary-general, will meet Recep Tayyip Erdogan, Turkey's president, this weekend to discuss Sweden joining the military alliance. Turkey has delayed the expansion. It accuses Sweden of harbouring terrorists. Sweden expects that a harsher anti-terror law, which came into effect on Thursday, will have satisfied Mr Erdogan's demands. The Senate passed a bill to suspend America's debt ceiling until January 2025, allowing the government to resume borrowing money and avoid an imminent sovereign default. America's upper chamber voted 63 to 36 to approve the bill. 60 votes were needed to pass it. It is now up to President Joe Biden to sign it into law. Joseph Borrell, the EU's chief diplomat, urged Kosovo to hold new local elections after a disputed vote triggered weeks of violent unrest. In April, Kosovo's Serbian minority boycotted an election in the north of the country allowing the Albanian majority to elect a new slate of mayors on a turnout of less than 4%. Subsequent protests have injured 30 NATO peacekeepers and over 50 demonstrators. Japan's fertility rate fell for a seventh consecutive year in 2022, reaching a new low of 1.257 births per woman. The pandemic exacerbated the country's woes of an ageing and shrinking population. Deaths shot up by 9% to a record 1.57 million last year, and marriage rates have slowed. The government plans to spend 3.5 trillion yen, $25 billion a year, to support parents in the hope of reversing the trend. And word of the week, guochao, meaning national wave in Chinese, applied to goods that appeal to nostalgic consumers. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. 
Asia's Big Security Gathering kicks off. This weekend, the Shangri-La Dialogue in Singapore brings together defense officials, military chiefs, diplomats, journalists, and weapon makers from around the world to discuss security in the Asia-Pacific region. Tensions between America and China will dominate discussion, but there won't be much dialogue between the world's two largest economies. China declined a request from the Pentagon for a meeting in Singapore between Lloyd Austin, America's defense secretary, and Li Shengfu, China's new defense minister. China has demanded that America lift sanctions imposed on Mr. Li in 2018 when he oversaw arms purchases from Russia before a meeting can take place. President Joe Biden now faces a difficult choice, risk appearing soft on China by lifting the sanctions or keep them and forfeit military talks. Relations between the two countries are at a low ebb. If China and America do not start a dialogue, the risks of miscommunication and accidental confrontation will only grow. America's Mayors Meet At least 200 mayors from cities across America are gathering this weekend in Columbus, Ohio for an annual shindig, the United States Conference of Mayors. Violent crime is likely to dominate the conversation. Though murder rates seem to be dropping again in many of America's biggest cities, they remain far higher than they were before the pandemic. Homelessness and mental health, intertwined challenges that have prompted new policies to compel treatment in New York City and in California, will also be big topics of discussion. The meeting will probably conclude with a demand for policy changes from the federal government, in particular for stricter rules on the purchase of guns. In this realm and others, America's mayors, most of whom are Democrat, are in lockstep with the Biden administration. Last month, the largest city with a Republican mayor, Jacksonville in Florida, voted him out. Of America's 40 biggest cities, only five have Republican leaders. Not one city with a population of more than one million is run by a Republican. The UAE's Next Steps into Space the United Arab Emirates Space Agency is only nine years old, but it had an auspicious start when its probe, HOPE, reached Mars in 2021. Now the Emiratis want to go further, beyond the red planet, to the rock-strewn hinterland called the Asteroid Belt. Their mission, announced earlier this week and to be launched in 2028, will take the form of a grand tour of seven asteroids in seven years, none of which has yet been explored. The MBR Explorer, named after Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum, UAE's Prime Minister, will be made mostly at home by local startups. Its final destination in 2035 will be the curiously red asteroid Justitia, thought to harbor ice below its surface and, maybe, clues to the origins of life. As well as solving the mystery of Justitia, the mission represents a new player betting big on space. Women's Champions League is Barcelona's to lose. Which European football team can claim to have won all but two of its league matches this year? For all of Manchester City's success this season, it cannot match the dominance of Barcelona Femini, who on Saturday play in the Women's Championship League final against VFL Wolfsburg. Barcelona, as with its all-conquering men's team of the late 2000s, has achieved success in its own way. Though the club could afford to recruit any player it would like, Spanish footballers dominate the squad. The emergence of talents like Vicky Lopez and Claudia Pina from the club's youth system suggests a desire to build from within. When coach Luis Cortez resigned in 2021, he was replaced by his 29-year-old assistant, Jonathan Giraldez. 
Wolfsburg will not be a pushover. It won 19 of its 22 matches in the Frauenbundesliga, coming second to Bayern Munich. But Barca is the heavy favorite, poised to deliver a win to its own blueprint. Weekend Profile Alberto Núñez Fejo, Spain's Potential Next Prime Minister Many Spaniards could be forgiven for heading to Google last weekend after Alberto Núñez Fejo led the center-right People's Party to sweeping regional election success. The result prompted Pedro Sánchez, Spain's socialist prime minister, to call early national elections. About Mr. Sánchez, everyone in Spain seems to have a firm and unmovable opinion. The same can hardly be said of Mr. Fejo, who has been on the national political scene for just over a year. The previous PP leader, Pablo Casado, was young, clever, and fiery. The party's other biggest figure, Isabel Díaz Ayuso, leader of the Madrid region, is a polarizing attention machine. The wry Mr. Fejo may be the first to acknowledge he is not known for these qualities. For 13 years, he ran the northwestern region of Galicia. Long known for isolation and poverty, it has gradually approached Spain's national average in GDP per person. He won four absolute majorities for the PP in the region. So when Mr. Casado was ousted last year during a tussle with Ms. Ayuso, the party quickly rallied around the adult-seeming, quietly victorious Mr. Fejo. Born in 1961 in Os Piares, a town in Galicia, he lived with his parents and grandparents in a house with no bathroom. His father, a construction foreman, was unemployed when Mr. Fejo graduated in law from university. Aspirations of becoming a judge went by the wayside. He got a job in the civil service before climbing the ranks of the PP. In his year and a bit of party leadership, he has mostly employed a moderate tone rarely heard in today's toxic Spanish politics. He has been pragmatic on policy, promising that his traditionally Catholic-affiliated party would peacefully accept the constitutional court's ruling guaranteeing a right to abortion. He swears off dealing with the political heirs of ETA, a Basque separatist group that inflicted decades of terrorism on Spain. A Galician speaker, he promotes Spain's regional languages, calling for, quote, cordial bilingualism. This may have helped him boost the PP's usually dismal vote in Catalonia. Unlike the smooth-talking Mr. Sanchez, Mr. Fejo does not speak English, a handicap that will be all the more noticeable if he becomes prime minister during Spain's European Union presidency, which begins on July 1st. Asked if he was taking classes in the language last year, he said with a self-deprecating laugh, that he was, quote, taking classes in everything since assuming national leadership. He may have to hurry his studies further still. This week's quiz winners. Thank you to everyone who took part in this week's quiz. The winners chosen at random were Dennis Huffman, Prairie Village, Kansas, America. Andrew Johnston, Dumbach, Germany. Beth Calabrese, Sydney, Nova Scotia, Canada. They all gave the correct answers of Castle, Shape, Thinking Fast and Slow, Galway, and the A-Team. The theme is Ed Sheeran's songs, Castle on the Hill, Shape of You, Thinking Out Loud, Galway Girl, and the A-Team. The questions were, Monday, what alternative name is often used for the chess piece known as a rook? Tuesday, which acronym is used for the military headquarters of the NATO alliance? Wednesday. Which 2011 book by Daniel Kahneman outlines the ways that human decision-making cannot be rational? Thursday, which city in Connacht, in the west of Ireland, is noted for its arts festival and folk music? Friday, 
which 1980s TV show starred George Pippard and Mr. T. And visit the Espresso app for our new weekend crossword, designed for experienced cruciverbalists and newcomers alike. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Sidney Smith, who was born on this day in 1771. It is the greatest of all mistakes to do nothing because you can only do little. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.